Did you know Filipino Americans are more likely to suffer from mental illness than other Asian Americans due to a variety of social and economic factors? And the COVID-19 pandemic has taken an extreme toll on the mental and physical well-being of Filipino frontline and care workers. Let's talk about that. We are the Filipino Fridays podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am your host, OJ, along with my co-hosts. Archie, hey! It's Archia. And we have another awesome episode for you guys. Is everybody out there staying healthy mentally? We're gonna we're gonna we have an awesome guest today that will enlighten us more about that subject. Yeah, so we have an exciting episode where we get to, you know, get real deep here. Maybe a lot of us have been um, kind of suffering a little bit when it comes to our mental health, we, uh, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, uh, have been, it has been a roller coaster of emotions. And so today we have our special guest who's able to kind of help us get through that, help us understand what we're going through, what we're feeling, help us understand kind of what struggles our family are going through during this time and also, um, you know, provide some guidance, some tips on how to um, navigate those feelings, those emotions. But let's uh, talk a little bit about why it was important to do an episode like this. Now, in, as we all know, Filipino culture is very closed off in some ways. The topic of mental health is a bit taboo still. There's a bit of a stigma regarding asking for help when it comes to dealing with, you know, mental health or uh, even talking about mental health issues, right? Yeah, this is not like those typical times where you lose your keys, like Joe Coy says, and then your mom says, look with your eyes, not your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it ain't like it's this. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. This is more something mentally and spiritually geared. So... By listening through this episode, we we learned a lot of things today, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's pretty common in a lot of Filipino households where, um, you know, it's hard to express your feelings, right? Um, it's hard to be honest about what you are going through um, because, again, you know, there's been a historical, there's been a history with how to discipline in Filipino households and a lot of the barriers is not being able to speak up when you are going through negative feelings and emotions so you don't feel comfortable to be open or to be vulnerable or to be expressive you know that's not you know the case for all but I will say that uh, is a common situation for many others why it's important for us to have a mental health episode and this will be the first of many just you know giving you guys a heads up Um, that way we can practice some self-care within our people within our community. Um, That has never been at the forefront. That conversation has never been at the forefront in our culture, right? Um, Our families, our parents have been busy out trying to survive, (laughs) right? Where, Where is it where you have the time and the space to think about what's going on inside? What's going on, you know, in your brain? what's going on through your heart. So that's why we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. And then I'll tell you guys, for those listening while doing this interview, I really learned something I did not know. I learned it from someone who's Filipino 
full Filipino to, to add. And I was really excited and thankful to have a, had a conversation with this guest. She was really awesome. And if you're looking for that reassurance in this time of pandemic, this episode is for you. Yeah. So we hope that this provides some, you know, understanding. We hope that you find this episode educational. We we hope that this is some form of therapy and healing for you. And uh, just watch out for future episodes. We definitely will have more uh, conversations around mental health in the Filipino culture. So without further ado, we would love to introduce our next guest, Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. So excited to have you with us. Oh, thanks for having me, y'all. Today, or actually, this episode is a bit of a heavier episode, but thankfully, we have you to be able to guide us through a topic like this, mental health, mental wellness, super important today. And uh, most of all, it's something that kind of gets forgotten in the Filipino household and the Filipino culture in general. So, of course, before we get into the nitty gritty, please tell our listeners, you know, who you are, what you do, and take us through the journey in becoming a mental wellness practitioner. All right. Sure thing. So, uh, so I'm Cynthia Siadot, and I am a licensed clinical social worker working out of Los Angeles, California. I run my own private practice, and through my private practice, I do individual sessions, um, consultations for organizations, uh, group facilitation. Uh, and recently have been doing more speaking. Um, and that's really all because I just think tools need to be out there. Like you were saying, the the conversation around mental health is commonly something that doesn't get kind of forefronted. Um, it definitely wasn't in my own home. Um, part of how I ended up in the field, I've been in the field for, in the field of mental health for 15 years, practicing as a, as a therapist for six, I believe, where I'm going on. But the what drew me into the field was just learning more about mental health. I, I was a child who had a lot of um, big emotions, and my family didn't always know how to deal with them or how to talk about them with me. Our best term in our family for any emotion, any small, big emotion was the word weird. Um, and so it left a lot to be interpreted. So I uh, just kind of naturally out of there got really good, <laughs> at least with my family, interpreting what their word of weird meant. But yeah, and as I went into the field, got training, all those things, um, it really just gave me all the terminology and all of the confirmation that I of things that I feel like I already knew, but didn't know that other people knew it too. And knowing that other people knew it too was a huge comfort to me. Um, and yeah, and I am a person who benefits from my own therapy. I strongly recommend it to people um, just because it's your resources, tools, and sense of adventure. There's a lot to be explored on the inside. And I think when we get to do that, we start to feel better just in general, because we have like more of our foundation, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, just to segue to what you were adding, you know, coming from a Filipino background, mm -hmm. 
the word therapist or social worker is isn't usually mentioned in our uh vocabulary our, yeah, absolutely our, not <laughs> absolutely so, not would you say that your experience or what you've witnessed or what you felt drove you into this line of work i I think it definitely guided me. I know that one of the things, uh, you know, I mentioned I was uh, a child with a lot of big emotions. I remember at some point my mom got wind of a social worker doing some kind of social emotional learning with young people. And she was like, oh, let me take you to see this person. She described them as a social worker. Um, I know that what they did with now I know what they did with me was a form of child therapy. Um, But she did not call it therapy. She called it meet with the social worker and see if they can help you with your upset, your, your, you know, the, the problems that you experience, I think was more accurately what she described it to me as. Yeah. They felt, they feel uncomfortable, like with the thought of counseling and therapy. And it's always with this, like, Oh, you know, they're, um, or they're, they're in the family. Yeah. Keeping them down. I want mm-hmm. people to know my business, mm-hmm. but yet, you know, my argument, my counter argument, whenever I would face that kind of conversation with my mom is like, actually like talking to a stranger, there's no, you know, it takes the emotion out of it and they're able to help us organize and kind of try to understand what we're feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And having to talk to somebody um, who we don't know personally, mm-hmm. To actually provide that type of safe space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll you'll like imagining like just somebody who's like really good trained and trained at listening, who's not gonna like have some bias in either which direction about where you should go or what you should do, or you know, have like they might have advice, but again, they're not attached to the advice. It's more like, Hey, pick it up or don't. And, you know, we know you got it, but we know we're here to listen. And, um, and I I think in general, like the, that concept, the let's keep it in the family. That's something I definitely heard a lot as a young person is like I, in my immediate family, we were five and we didn't have, I didn't have my extended family close by. So even more so my, my parents, my mom specifically would say things like, no, where it just keep it between the five of us. It's airing our dirty laundry. If we, if you talk about problems that are happening here and you know, there were, there were problems. <laughs> I was having emotional problems. My parents and I, like between certain siblings and one of my parents would have struggles, like interpersonal struggles with one another. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't there, but we we were definitely not talking about it. And so, so yeah, so to get to have somebody who's not involved, who doesn't have that same kind of fire and like reactivity about it can sometimes just be helpful in us hearing ourselves in terms of what, what we know about the situation because they'll, you know, they're trained to not add much else other than, you know, what they, what they hear you saying to them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just curious, uh, how often do you encounter Filipino patients? Oh gosh. I will say, so I mentioned I've been in the field for 15 years, been practicing as a psychotherapist for six 
Um, I will say I can probably count the number of Filipinos I've come across on one hand. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. It is, it is that, it, it is that rare. Um, oh my God. And I'm I, shocked. Yeah. And, and I worked in, I worked in New York. I worked in California, you know, in big, you know, in both San Francisco and New York city and like max five. You know, you guys are surprised, but I, I'm, I'm not. Cause I yeah. think, um, like I said, like she, she might have not met, we're cousins, right? So mm-hmm. in my family, we're very closed off. I would say the typical, uh, strict parents, my dad's a army guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised that many people use this avenue, a social worker, therapist, or going mm-hmm. to see a psychologist. I'm not surprised to be honest. Yeah. And yeah, there's I'm hearing that. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely you know um, when I saw this question on on the list of questions, I was I, I also felt pretty sad. I think I knew I always had been aware. Like, yeah, I, I've not really come across um, Filipino clients much in my line of work, and that's like I worked with like kids, families, older adults, um, adults just in general, you know, uh, group settings, uh, very, very few. And, um, and on some level it does surprise me, but then on like surprise me in the way of like, "Mm, that's disappointing. (laughs) Um, but it doesn't surprise me in the way of like, ah, yeah, it took, so I was the first person in my family to go to therapy. And for a long time, it was the thing that Sin did because she wasn't well. She needed it. She she needed it. And the frequent feedback I'd get is something along the lines of like, like, oh, you're still going? Oh, good. That's good for you. That's good. It's the, you know, get get help. You get help. And there's a focus generally in our community about focusing on each other. And it's a beautiful, beautiful quality. I, I think it's one of the things that makes me so proud to be Filipino is that we just we're constantly thinking about one another and how to try and make things easier for one another. We're trying to watch each other's backs a lot of the time. Um what I do find, though, with with that beautiful quality is this other side of it of like there's a sometimes a, a total ignoring of what's what's going on for us personally um, and not good, not bad. It just it does, it's not so helpful to us as individuals. So like, uh, for example, I've come across other healing practitioners who are also Phil Filipino American like myself. Um, and they move far away from home, but they continued to share the beautiful qualities of being Filipino American with the people around them and came to be known and, and loved for the, for doing that. And at the same time, they would also struggle with depression anxiety, a sense of isolation. And that was because, you know, uh, and not always, right? It's it's varying, but a, a big portion of that had to do with a learned way of looking outward instead of inward. Definitely. Mm-hmm. We, we agree with that. Um, 
you know, um, I just kind of took a look and there's a couple articles that have been published, uh, especially with Filipino Americans. Actually, you know what, in the climate of COVID-19 today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of Filipinos are health um, healthcare workers, essential workers, and um, for you know the the odd that did answer honestly, ninety um, percent of them struggle with being um, depressed during this time, having to struggle uh, being strong to take care of others, but also having to manage their own household, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and when it comes to taking care of themselves um, and taking care of the inside, mm-hmm. you know that got that gets pushed to the back. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they bear that pain mm-hmm. for, for a while and they try to kind of just survive each day. Again, it's that Filipino mentality. I, I need to survive. Right? Yeah. yeah. Even when they make it, they have to survive. Once they make it, there's like yeah. just keeping it up is a part of yeah. surviving. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So with that, you know, in the spirit of Kapwa and familial obligation uh many filipinos they they push themselves too hard and you know as we just said their mental health is suffering so especially as american uh, especially as immigrants there's bound to be you know some sort of undealt uh, traumatic experience or stress Mm -hmm. what are some signs to watch out for or to acknowledge those stressors like for us you know younger folks out there listen well watch out for your parents watch out for your family Um, they may not be able to say it some of them are are hiding it and they're not comfortable with opening up so what are some, you know, what are some signs we could watch out for for these stressors? Sure. Um, some surefire signs to watch for for someone and for yourself is is like your energy level. Are you exhausted a lot of the day? You know, even with enough sleep, are you still struggling to get out of bed um, or yawning? a lot. <laughs> that could mean any number of things, but that that can be a signal. Um, somebody's level of irritability can be a sign of like, if they are really easily irritated or agitated, um, that could be a signal for us that, you know, there's a lot going on for that person. There's just, it's like overwhelming. So any additional anything is just like too much. It's like um, tilting it over the edge. Another thing is that you kind of notice if they're if they're like not spending time with others, they're kind of isolating, they're not they're not engaging with family or you're not you're kind of like off to your and this is this is to be the differentiated from like preferring your time alone. I'm a person who's a who's an introvert by nature. So there's definitely a fine line for me between wanting my alone time and being like kind of depressed and lonely. So it it would involve kind of being aware of that as well. Negative self-talk or negative talk, negative outlook. Those are another couple of things I would watch for, for, for anybody. Um, Because that, you know, how we perceive our life 
is a huge influencer on how we like feel about life. And so if we're perceiving it, like everything's a struggle, we have to survive. We have to like push through this thing. And granted, sometimes we do, you know, like those, those behaviors and those things didn't get there from nothing at some point for um, our parents, our ancestors, they did have to push, they did have to survive, they did have to fight, you know, that did that quality got there somehow. But it's just not the right tool on the day to day level for folks most of the time, because they're not in that situation still. They're not in the situation of, you know, there was a lot of political strife in the Philippines. They're not there not at least not in the same way, but the body is still kind of reacting like it's the same thing um, because different for, and this goes into a little bit of like the neurology of it, but in our minds, our minds don't necessarily differentiate feeling scared of, you know, being chased versus being scared of your boss calling you into the office. It just it's the same feeling. So whenever that feeling comes, any fam- any other situation or time you felt afraid, chances are a lot of that fear is going to come back. I'm glad you uh, mentioned about pushing through things. Uh, I've always used that method whenever I struggled or felt some kind of stress. Mm-hmm. I would think that, you know, t- I-, I don't feel like doing this today. I'm going to just do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I feel... I feel, I feel satisfied <laughs> and to the regular person, like how much is enough or mm-hmm. when do you, what is your, what is someone's limit? Mm-hmm. Until they say, okay, let me take, you know what? I really need a day off. Mm-hmm. I really need to talk to someone mm-hmm. I can't push through anymore. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the right time mm-hmm. to seek advice mm-hmm. or to open up and be vulnerable? Yeah. Um, I would say when they feel overwhelmed and they feel like they've gotten nobody to tell about it, no way to relieve it. Um, because what that and overwhelmed slash like can't concentrate, you know, it's like, it's too much to take on. Like, uh, with many of my clients, they are, there's just so many things happening and and part of what brings people in a lot of the time and granted um you know we we don't necessarily want to wait until this point but we do because that's what we've got that's what we get told to do is like unless you're absolutely dying on your bed go to work unless you're absolutely like if you can't if you got to go to the hospital sure that's a reason to not go to school you know it's like but there's there's so much else that gets impacted because when we push ourselves through the feeling overwhelmed or feeling like um, we can't concentrate, we start to develop like associations with whatever task is in front of us with that feeling. And, and then that task becomes exponentially harder because every time we sit down to do it, we're thinking of our brains pick up on like, oh, we're doing that thing. Here comes that feeling again. Oh, we don't want to do it anymore. You know, it's like kind of like, and that's where we get like procrastination and like, you know, delaying things for ourselves. Anxiety gets worse. <laughs> worse. Way, way worse. <laughs> you know, coming from a Filipino background. Uh-huh. 
I know, I know this for sure with your parents because they've opened up to me too. <laughs> um, you know, they always mention, oh, back in the day, I used to walk freaking 10 miles to school. In my chinelas slash slippers. And, <laughs> and all grown my problems are so small <laughs> compared to mine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I work three jobs to put you into school, put food mm-hmm. on the table, have a roof over your head. Uh-huh. And you hear that from such a young age that unconsciously, I think we become conditioned to not open up and be like, you know what? They're right. They did it. I could do it too. Well, yeah. and just to, just to add to that, you know, that some of them um, might say like, oh, I'm art the more or like you're mm-hmm. overreacting. Like mm-hmm. when, if you do try to express that you're overwhelmed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to sort through your emotions, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, how is it that being told that, how does it adversely affect a Filipino person in asking for help? Yeah, yeah. So I, it, so many things, so many important things that you guys are bringing up here. And like the first part, OJ, that you were sharing about hearing our, our family members, our elders saying to us, you know, like, I had to do X, I had to do Y, this is nothing compared to that. And to that, I would have to say something that actually I heard from my husband, and he thinks he made it up. So that's pretty good. Um, but he said, you know, only if only the suffering of another diminished our own. But it, it doesn't work like that. It's like, even though you have suffered a great deal, that doesn't diminish how much suffering I'm experiencing. That, you know, that's that's kind of where the the kapwa piece starts to break down is like, it's like, oh, well, we are connected. Like, I do understand the human experience of that. But then, you know, as far as us being like, it's like the same, like you experience that. So it's not this, it's like connected somehow. Like that's where it starts to break down. And, you know, in terms of, you know, when somebody does actually get up the courage to say something about being overwhelmed and they're met with, uh, like they're just, they're, it's, it's shame. It's a, it's a bit of shame that gets doled out to that person and gets in inter- get, can get internalized as, and in both cases, both what OJ's saying and what you're saying, um, is that my problems aren't important or my problems aren't bad enough. That that's sometimes the thing I hear a lot is is like, oh, I like with my family, like they would say, Cynthia's, you know, you go to therapy. Yeah, you're probably yeah, you're dealing with a lot. Go deal with, you know. Meanwhile, you know, they're dealing with sickness and busted relationship and like just just horrendous traumatic experiences. Uh, thankfully, you know, I have good news around that. Most of the members of my five family members have been through therapy. It did take some time, but, you know, the overall consensus with, from my mom to my dad, to my sister has been, it has been helpful, has been, um, like that, uh, like we were talking about earlier, that unbiased support that they needed when, as well-intentioned as family and friends and other loved ones are, they, they've got too much care about how it turns out. So my family members would tell me like, yeah, like they, 
<laughs> you know, like they're just like straight up just trying to be helpful and that's it. They're just hearing me out and then helping me understand what I'm looking at. Um, so, yeah. But that only postpones the whatever is it is at that moment, right? It doesn't solve it. It does not solve it. Absolutely not. There's um, there's a, a thing I'll like when I'm encountering somebody who wants to come into therapy with me, one of the things I make very, very clear, and this is clear for any therapist, you know, I cannot promise any particular outcome from my work with someone. That's just virtually impossible. That would be like me getting to say, I have this magic wand and I can fix this for you. And out of our talking, it'll get better. And it's like, no, nobody's at that. Like no amount of school, no amount of wisdom. No, like that's not how that works. We, I want it to be like, I want people who come to me to feel less suffering and certainly they do, but it's not as a result of what some like me waving some magic wand. It's as a result of them looking at their life and really facing it head on and addressing the things that they can address. And by addressing the things they can address, it gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And some for some folks does end up not being an issue, but, you know, definitely can start to get easier. Yeah, well, pushing forward, I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. we wanted to ask a little bit about depression. Yeah, absolutely. And for my question is, it's no secret that everyone in the world experiences depression. Yeah. It's no surprise. Yep. But more now. Yeah, more uh, now. Definitely more now than ever before. Mm-hmm. But would you say there's a difference between moments of depression versus periods of depression? And, and being it, clinically depressed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how would you differentiate? Differentiate. Mm-hmm. It? Like, like between the, like the diagnosis of it versus like, just like a period, a season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something uh, I think needs, uh, I think would be um, helpful for me to describe is part of what happened with diagnosis is it became necessary because of insurance became necessary for like non-clinicians to understand what was being treated and when. So like they had to codify it and and like really outline like the different symptoms. It's like if you have these symptoms for X period of time, this is what we're looking at. Um, not to say that diagnoses aren't helpful. Diagnoses are can be terrifically helpful. Um, I know for many, many people when they started to, I, I know that when I understood like what I'm going through was depression, it made a whole load of sense. Like it just, it just made sense. It's helpful to be able to know what I'm dealing with. It's better to know the demon I'm dealing with than the one that I don't. So it's, it was, and it enabled me to do things about it. Now, in terms of like seasons, episodes, you know, I think, I think that's tough for me to say for each individual, but what I can say is that if it, if it's like a couple of weeks in a month in, 
and you notice like, oh, these things are like kind of staying about, like I'm feeling my low mood, I'm kind of irritable, my, um, I can't get enough sleep, I can't seem to get enough sleep, or I'm not sleeping at all. Like that's the, uh, that's the counter. Sometimes people don't sleep and then uh, have troubles with anxiety as a result, you know, then I would recommend reaching out, but it really is. And, and I think for everybody who enters into therapy, it is a, a kind of discussion that you want to come into with your decision. It's like you decide now is the time versus like, you know, family telling you to go, somebody telling you to go. Then it, because what ends up happening when we have people telling us to go is that we're doing it for them. We're not doing it for us necessarily. We might still get things out of it. You know, certainly good things have come out of things like mandated therapies and things of that nature. But when somebody's like kind of going about their life and they're noticing something off, it's like asking themselves, is this the time where I need to talk to somebody? Do I have somebody I want to talk to? If they do, go talk to that person. There's a tremendous amount of good that anybody not not a clinician just somebody in your life can do by just being there that's that's literally like half of my job is being there yeah and i think a lot of um many of us still need to learn to really take that time and acknowledge how important that is mm-hmm. um, and to uh, even prioritize um mm-hmm. You know, seeking help, seeking uh, seeking therapy, or working towards healing, mm-hmm. and really the first step is uh, making that decision for yourself, mm-hmm. acknowledging that this is something that you want to accomplish. You know, to to relieve um, you know anything mm-hmm. that is kind of buried in your heart that mm-hmm. you that needs help. Um, I want to switch gears here a little bit and talk about um, HIA. Right, yeah. which we know is shame, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of why Filipinos kind of avoid um, being vulnerable or scared to mm-hmm. be vulnerable in front of others. It's because uh, of this condition, you know, in the fear of being judged, mm-hmm. uh, in the fear of being judged by others, mm-hmm. uh, and not really thinking of the condition of their mental well-being. You know what is your advice in overcoming that feeling of hia or that feeling of, you know, um, saving face and yeah. trying to co- competent. It's that Filipino pride, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's our pride. Like, um, you know, I got it going on. I, I, I'm not telling anybody that I'm secretly just want to cry and go into a corner and cry. <laughs> so real. So real. Something something that I would want to tell just about anybody, you know, if it helps to know I'm a therapist, I'm somebody who's been doing this for a long time, I'm somebody who's been dealing with and managing their own mental health for a long time, someone who's grown up in a predominantly Filipino-American household community, um, something that I knew very, very well and still know very, very well, is my desire to look good, my desire to look together and with it. And like, um, it's like, like accomplished. Part of that for me has been trying to gain some of the appreciation and the love and the affections that I wanted and got affections for when I was younger. 
It's like when I was younger, I used to do a lot of really positive things, leadership, performing, those kinds of stuff. I would get the ounces of acknowledgement that I was hoping for, that every child hopes for and needs, is like that acknowledgement, that love, that tenderness. But I got it because I would perform. So I learned and really had to take the lesson that it was, it wasn't like, I'm not looking for the, the person whose love I'm looking for is my own. And the, and, you know, in terms of like looking good. Yeah. You, we tend to also feel that pressure from our parents, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. There's always this expectation. You Mm -hmm. have to them, uh, proud and so you know you you push yourself to perform at your best to make mm-hmm. sure that you you become this high achiever mm-hmm. but then you know when you reach your limit right mm-hmm. and you're unable to open up about it it's like because you don't want to be embarrassed because they 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 expect something off they expect you to be able to hold yourself together mm-hmm. when you Right. Yeah. yeah. There's there's something that I, I haven't necessarily touched a lot on in our conversation today, but there there is such a thing as mental health stigma. So like if we are hearing somebody, I mean, I've done it. I've heard somebody in my life, my fr- a friend, family member tell me that they are like not doing well. And then I want to treat them like, like gently or like, like maybe like they're a little weak or fragile. Like I want to treat them in some special way. Maybe I don't call them weak, but I want to treat them in a special way. But that implies a sense of weakness. And so when I'm when I'm hearing you talk about like, you know, our hesitations on getting help even when we've pushed ourselves back uh, back on our limit, back on our, you know, what we're able to do, I think it's a, uh, it's got deeper roots. It's got a lot of roots in, and this will take like a whole nother session, but like colonialism and capitalism and like our, our tendency and belief in, in, in the Philippines in general, that the, that the Northern Americas, the people who saved us was like in, in Western, in the Americas, that's where they were from. And like, it, sure, like they they can help. I can I won't discredit that. And there's been like a glorification all as well, or like a, a an enormously high standard that we've we can start to set for ourselves as a result because of that like that glorification. Yeah, that admiration, right? Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. All of that yeah. <laughs> Good enough. It's like, oh no, look, they're so successful because of XYZ factor. It's like we need to be there or I need to be there. And so when when I reach this point where I am vulnerable, I can't admit that. Like I, you know, I, I need to be like them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why we uh, are not honest. <laughs> about for people for for the type of people who are so emotional <laughs> we're not honest about our emotions <laughs> I, I am you know I, I am a person of extreme emotions definitely I would say that's just Filipino to the core when I'm very happy I'm very happy yeah I'm it, sad I'm really sad that, that brings up a whole other thing to me of like we are not a timid people 
No, no, no. Right? <laughs> like, we are not. Like, we, we, we've, go to a Filipino party, you hear karaoke happening, you hear people laughing at the top of their lungs, talking at the top of their lungs, and being super expressive, you know, is like, when is, when are we not kind of big, you know, and when it has to do, when it gets called emotion, when it gets called something else that's not just like, you know, I don't know people chatting over food, you know, when it gets called that, it, it tends to go into that world of stigma of like, oh, so emotional. Like you're so emotional versus you're having a lot of emotions. Like that's just what's happening, you know? And because even in the so emotional, there's a little bit of judgment in that as well of like, it's a lot. It's like a lot. Um, when, It's when I think the thing that I've come to find in my years of practice is that to feel multiple emotions, to feel them really deeply or really hugely is really normal and really healthy. Super, super healthy. You know, there are limits to that, of course, like if it's causing too much distress, but then for the most part, if you're feeling happy one moment, sad the next, or both. I, I had that experience at some point. I was like breaking up with somebody, but my friend was dating somebody else. So I was happy for her, but sad for me. You know, like that's normal. Like who, like who would just be like, it's like, I'm just happy. I'm just happy for you. That's it. And like, it's like, no, I actually kind of feel bad. When, <laughs> when I'm not talking to you about how great things are going for you. Um, but- you know, speaking about uh, talking about your emotions, opening up, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring the alpha male side <laughs> of this conversation. Okay? So yeah. My dad, I'll speak for my dad and I could, and my brother. We're mm-hmm. all the same and mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this thing about, you know, stifling your emotions. Mm-hmm. Keeping, A stoicism. Keeping- Keeping it to your chest, yeah. you know, very close to your chest. Yeah. And would you say there are times that it's that those things are necessary or oh, yeah. if it's or if it's if if it doesn't po- um, cause any harm or problems to you? Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, uh, yeah. Those things like in terms of like behaviors that are OK passable, good, approved, you know, so long as they're not hurting you or anybody else, they're pretty fair game. You know, the only, I I think with stoicism, that can be a really amazing quality for somebody, especially if they're like a pokered player, you know, it's like, they're like, can't tell, can't tell what's going on behind those eyes. And that's good for what they're doing. Now, if they are experience, if they come to a moment of experiencing a lot of emotion and that quality seems to be the mode that defaults, like I would, I would wonder if they, one, wanted to share what that emotion was with other people or wanted to get it out, maybe not knowing it to share it with people, but wanting to get it out somehow. I would just want for those folks to check for that. It's like, is this emotion bubbling up underneath the the stoicism? Yeah, that's awesome. Did you have a question, Chia? 
Apologies, sorry. I'm no. like I'm in class again because once ah. the time I in college I took community support working. Oh yeah. Hey. A lot of this is familiar yeah. to me. Yeah. Um it didn't turn out to be my thing in the end. But what advice what do you have for those who are interested into getting into this field? Or like what other resources do you have that yeah. To, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. There, uh, in terms of resources for um, for there on Facebook, there's a big group uh, that's uh, started by a woman I know here in LA uh, who created a Facebook group for Filipino mental health practitioners. Um, I would request to join there. And if you, if you're interested, look for a mentor something along those lines. Um, in terms of like advice that I would give is like, check it out. You won't know until you get there. Like, I think Archia, the thing that you did was like, you get there and you're like, eh, not for me. You know, like that's the worst that'll happen. If, if somebody's like really being honest with themselves. Uh, but like, who knows, you might find that it is for you. Or I, a person I just got off the phone with was saying they went through the whole school, the whole rigmarole. They went through marriage and family therapy as a master's degree, came out of it because they have to do internship for those two years, came out of it with the realization they didn't want to do that. And, and, and instead they wanted to do this other facet, but the skills that they had with people that they developed, they're now wanting to apply to things like human resources or like basically whatever role that involves you interacting with people, these skills can be very, very useful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. I mean, you know, um, we've had such a great chat uh, about kind of what to do to sort through our emotions, what to watch out for. Um, You know, it's a lot of the reality in Filipino households is that a lot of, let's say, Filipino children have difficulty being able to express their feelings or um, they're not able to communicate. There is a barrier there, right? And um, what is your advice in starting the conversation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with your parents about mental health and mental wellness and uh, the importance of mental well-being? Yeah. Without getting hit. Without without getting follow. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, without getting the backhand or the front hand. Oh, uh, yeah. You don't want that. Um, I would recommend, I, I think earlier we were talking a bit about how, like, especially if our parents immigrated here, they did not have this resource. I mean, like, it really is a recent thing. You guys, like, it's like in from the 70s, I think, is when it started to really become what it semblance of what it is today of psychotherapy. Um, But I would walk into those first recommend walking into those conversations with that wisdom of my parents did not have this exposure to mental health. And so some of the, some of the things, of course, like we, we talk about mental health and it's kind of one of those heavier topics uh, or considered a heavier topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're coming into this conversation. It's a bit heavy, you know, for anybody when they don't know something and the conversation is heavy, it can occur as scary as well. 
So like just coming into the conversation and being aware of like, okay, it might, whatever reaction that they might have is more having to do with them than it does with you. That's the first thing that I would say. And then the other is, you know, should that fall through and, you know, you do get the backhand or whatever, whatever happens after, <laughs> um, you know, you get that. I, I, I will say not every single person is going to be everything to you. So they, they may not be the people for you to go to at first with it. My parents certainly weren't the first people for me to go to with it. I would recommend holding hope for one day they will be. And one day they will be people who can hear how you're feeling without like getting freaked out or like having a reaction of their own. I would hold hope out for that. But I, I would also say like, it's also very normal for, uh, you know, for just not to be our parents who are the first people. Sometimes our parents are the people who put some of these things there. Yeah. yeah. So it can be hard to heal in the face of the folks who helped you put these, these structures in place. So mm -hmm. No shame in that either. You just just keep going, you know, keep trying. You know, I recommend professionals because they are that's exactly what they're supposed to do is hear you out about your emotions versus like going. To, you can go to friends and stuff if they're like real good listeners. They could be good, too. But for most Filipinos, yeah, just go do confession. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> just do confession at the church. <laughs> I know. My my rosaries like rubbed raw. Yeah. I mean sometimes sometimes father has yeah. something to say. But be, it, yeah. would, I, it helps sometimes. It, it can help sometimes, but you know, more and more I'm I'm seeing and hearing uh Per um, uh, whoa, clerics, clerical. I'm forgetting the term <laughs> right now, but more and more, I'm hearing faith leaders coming and wanting information from folks in my field, and wow. and, and and wanting to refer to us. So, like, there's there's a coalition called. Um, it's the Interfaith Coalition for uh, in Los Angeles, and they gather basically on the west side of Los Angeles. They gather um, a bunch of different uh, health and wellness organizations, and then just invite uh, invite faith leaders from the community to come and learn and hear presentations and get pamphlets. And you know, it's it really is. Um, it really will take. Uh, in in this way, I do think of Bayanihan. I think of it taking more than just one person, and I do think that for many Filipinos, faith is really important. I know it's important to me, and it, it's not it's not the only thing. If it's kind of like one person can't be everything, it's like one thing can't be every solution. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, you know, personally, um, I'm going to get real honest. Like I had a lot of, I think, 
my makeup into dealing with solutions and problems and being this like pleaser, hyper achiever, hyper vigilant. Um, I always made fun of myself being a high functioning insomniac because of the, yeah. <laughs> You know, I know I that life <laughs> that I had and that was really stemmed from having to deal with the unpredictability and unreliability of being able to express my emotions and my struggles mm-hmm. you know, with my parents. Yeah. And, um, you know, for my, for my situation and how I dealt with it, which could be different for others mm-hmm. was, you know, I, I couldn't rely on them. I didn't know who to turn to. So, you no, know, I turned to my faith. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I felt like I was hopeless, like I would pray. And, mm-hmm. you know, for some of you listeners, it might be different. Some of you may not be religious and it'll be other solutions and that's totally okay. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you are in a house where you can't turn to anyone. Um, also, uh, take that moment for yourself where you can um, reflect and mm-hmm. see if you can kind of harness your own power, your own power mm-hmm. and healing, yeah. uh, in order to move forward or push through whatever emotion you might be dealing with at that time. Yeah, and you know, should we, you know, have another conversation? I hope we do in the future. I'm working on uh, developing and and formulating how some of our Filipino values get in can can come into the work in psychotherapy. I think one of the things that you just demonstrated so beautifully is that in your sharing of what you're going through, you know, in true Kapua spirit, somebody might benefit from hearing you share your story. You know, it's like that, that identification of like, I am you and you are me and not like a, not like a enmeshment kind of deal, but like in a, in a, I get it. I get it. You know, you, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I know how it feels. And you definitely need to have more of that in our community, um, not only kind of where we are, but it, it, in um, in a global sense. And yeah, um, like we know the true reality is a lot of uh, Filipinos, um, as much as we are about by Nihan, we uh, there still needs to be work done in terms of listening and understanding each other with compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, taking that time. And also it's hard because many others, they've been conditioned again, right? With these old generational mindsets. Mm-hmm. So kind of the knee jerk reaction sometimes is to judge somebody when they're having to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so OJ, what is your advice after speaking with Cynthia? What have you learned? You know, this was a very educational episode. And yeah. I know I'm not usually on all episodes. I'm just there doing my own thing but i'm really happy that i got to speak with you me too um, very, very informative very eye-opening it makes me feel good to know that what are the solutions and what i need to do what i can what our listeners can do in order to help themselves be better and for for the boys out there you you, you suck up your emotions <laughs> suck it up, suck it up. You don't want to go to the gym, go to the gym. <laughs> your girlfriend broke up with you, <laughs> you failed some grades, more, you know? That's for, for some of the boys out there. For the, for the girls, you know, just dump, dump, dump that loser. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, thank you for thank you for making us laugh. You know, this could be a pretty heavy topic, and so yeah. 
And then on a, on a funny note, oh, thank you, OJ. Yeah, that. thank you, OJ. We needed that. Especially for the girls that are like, you know, in a 12 to like 18, that guy doesn't love you. <laughs> You know, my professional opinion, I'm not too so sure about that either. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't know. Maybe it'll work. No, I have nothing else but to just say thank you for your work and kind of inspire me a little bit more to go back in there. Wanna, but I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I want to have this. So again, like it would be. Yes, great to, we want to uh, do more episodes with Cynthia. We obviously love having you in the show, and um, and obviously just giving really good advice, professional advice that we can look up to. Um, like you said, you could count the amount of Filipino patients you see on your one hand, yeah. which means that we need. Uh, there needs to be many more of us that should be open <laughs> to looking to talk to a therapist, talk to a counselor, um, you know, have these conversations. And that's because in our culture specifically, there's so many cultural identity issues we need to sort through, generational traumas, colonial mindsets, so many like uh, nuances that really affect um, who we are as Filipinos. And now we have people like you, we have people like Cynthia that can help us through these. And, um, and personally, I'm just full of pride knowing that, wow, there's a Filipino, American, Filipino, Canadian, Filipino, whoever, who is in this line of work right that could really understand what i'm going through that could kind of help me organize my thoughts or spell out kind of what the misunderstandings or struggles are between like parent and child in a yeah. filipino household right yeah. thank you so much for you're your so work. welcome you're so welcome we obviously want to end things on a happy note here you know we we, we got in there we got deep today yeah. right in went we right in deep today so we're gonna you know throw things something um that's fun so you know in, in in family parties um what are some things like you and your family like to do or what is like a dish that is uh -huh. that is an absolute must-have some family tradition mm -hmm. yeah like, Sure, there's some like fun things you do with your family. The absolute must during Thanksgiving specifically is my mom's rice stuffing. It Ooh. is the most legit thing and like just makes me just think of home every time. It's got like beef and onion and uh water chestnut and like patis mm. and like <laughs> everything in it that's like oh, so delicious and um and yeah, I, I think our tradition really, we're kind of a sleepy family. So we'll eat and then we'll sleep. That's the part again. We do it again, yeah. all over. Yeah, you ate well, definitely. Yeah. And just, you know, not in a not even in a Filipino sense. Yeah. We are still in COVID times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. What are some things that um, people, uh, what are some advice uh, that you have lastly for people to remember to take care of themselves, especially in these pandemic times, like some, maybe some little tips that you have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Off the show. Yeah. You know, get moving, move your body, 
you know, even if that's just like stretching or walking or something, just move your body. That'll help your brain a lot deal dealing with stress, especially if you can insert it after like school or after work or whatever you do that feels productive like that. Um, and then the other thing is like find something that makes you f- feel joy. So for some folks, it's like arts and crafts. For others, it's like making music or dancing or listening to music. That's also perfectly healthy and helpful. Um, but yeah, those two things move and find some joy. Yeah. Baking your bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breaking bread. Making a podcast. <laughs> making a podcast. <laughs> podcast during COVID times. And you good. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. You guys, yeah. thank you so much for having thank me. You. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Talking to you on the next one. Yeah. Me yes. too. Oh. Lastly, please tell our listeners where they can find you, um, what, you know, where they can reach you. Uh, please. Let's get the uh, count number to two to two hands instead of one hand. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. So if you want to get a hold of me again, my name is Cynthia Siadat. That's said exactly like that. S-I-A-D-A-T. You can find me on Instagram at livingfullyig. You can look at my website at IamLivingFully.com. Or if you're a clubhouser, which is a recent, you know, problem in my life, um, (laughs) uh, I'm also on there and you could just look up my name. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for being on our show. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. See you next time. Super grateful to have had you uh, just guide us through our emotions as Filipinos. Of course, you, you guys know we're, we're all up in our fields. taking me over, <laughs> caught up in sorrow. <laughs> that OPM, come on, bust out the OPM, OJ. This is your. <laughs> you need some comic relief. Whenever you say, hey, Joe, <laughs> I feel like saying, ah, Let's be honest, as Filipinos, we're always up in our fields, right? So all about those emotions, those extreme emotions, right, Archia? Yeah, we all about that emotions. Not me. The boys out there, you stay closed. You stay, <laughs> you, you stay, you you be a man, okay? You don't show emotions, you suck it up, you push through. I'm joking. If you if you really need help, on all jokes aside, if you really need help, mental health is a real thing. I know people don't believe it or they put it aside. But mental health, mental health is a real thing. So keep yourself stimulated. Keep yourself healthy. And if you need help, just ask for it. There's nothing wrong with that. No one's judging you. You do it for yourself, not mm-hmm. for anyone else. Yeah, definitely. And when you are focused and healthy on the inside, you're able to perform at your best on the outside. So. And when you perform your best on the outside, you can push through and suck up everything. <laughs> have nothing to talk about just just keep it just pushing. keep it up keep keep it going <laughs> just know and, you're not alone yeah for sure uh and with that said these are your hosts of filipino friday's podcast don't forget to email us uh, if you like our content please continue to like and subscribe on all of the streaming platforms email us at contact at filipinofridays.com hit us up 
hit that follow button on Instagram at Filipino Fridays podcast. And of course, thank you to our partners at Potato Corner BC and CITR 101.9. You can catch us on CITR 101.9 every Monday at 11 a.m. for all of you Filipino timers. With that said, I am your host, OJ. Archie. Archia. We'll catch you on the next episode. Let's get it. Peace out.